Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective. I'm your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about things that are top of mind as you navigate your career or build your business. The plan is to get you out of your rut or talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Here, we speak the truth. Here, we challenge ideas. Here, we give ourselves grace. And along the way, we also have a little fun. Welcome to the village. Well, I am sitting here on a Tuesday afternoon in my home office recording this week's episode of The Relish Perspective. And I just have to tell you guys a funny story because, you know, we just, we're just honest and true on The Relish Perspective. So the way this works for me, as opposed to a lot of people, a lot of people are able to kind of plan the content out for the month and all that kind of stuff. And, and I do some of that, but normally, um, my, my podcast topics come from something that's happened. It's it, literally the spirit moves me. Something occurs to me, something happens usually at three or four o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, that's what I need to talk about. Or I read something or see something. And so um, this week on the radio show, I had an amazing guest who I've known forever. Um, she, her name is Laura Gentry. And I highly encourage you to go listen to that. It is the July 27th. Um, episode of the Rutledge Perspective radio show, and I'll have that uploaded on on my YouTube channel. Uh, but I, based on that show, I was like, that's it. I need to be talking about transferable skills. Um, and when I do this podcast, then I'll tell you about that. I need to talk about transferable skills. So I thought, no problem, get home. I had a meeting, record the podcast so I can get it up and ready and ready to release on Wednesday morning because they come out every Wednesday. And started doing the first podcast in the zone made so much sense. I could even, I mean, cause normally I don't, can't hear what I'm saying. Cause it just, it's coming and recorded it 20 minutes end to end look down. I had muted my mic at minute six. Seriously. <laughs> can't believe it because again, I can never repeat what I said. Cause I don't do a script. It is truly what is coming forward with some bullet points. No problem. I sent a note to my business partner. I'm like, you will not believe. I can't believe it. She's like, eyeliner, smoky eye. Day old eyeliner, smoky eye, which is what I posted yesterday about turning that day old eyeliner into a smoky eye because it's all a matter of perspective. And I thought, you know what? You're right. She said, this was just experience. So now you've got experience to record, record it again. No big deal. Got ready, took a few deep breaths, turned on the record to record again. Then my phone rings, not once, but twice in the middle of the podcast, because I have someone on bypass, emergency bypass, a family member on emergency bypass. And normally when this person calls me, I, if I can't talk, I text back. Well, I'm in the middle of recording, so I can't really text back and say, hey, I'm recording, can't text back. So I had to turn the phone off. So third time is this one, third time's a charm. So hopefully what I'm about to tell you about transferable skills will resonate, will make some sense, but I had to give you guys a little chuckle before we get started. So let's jump into transferable skills this week. And what is important about transferable skills is often, often, we don't, as individuals, think about how what we've learned and all the experiences we have transfer or translate into something else that we want to do. 
out of habit, we just keep doing what we've been doing and we forget that our experiences that have developed skills actually can translate into other stuff that is, is really exciting for us and, and that may be on our wish list or our bucket list. The other thing about transferable skills is on the business side, you've got to understand or remember that companies are really trying to put butts in the seat. And that sounds really harsh, but it's true. Now, if they're doing a good job, they're working really hard to get the best talent. But at times like these, especially after the pandemic, when people are fighting again to get the best talent and people are having different demands and there's different levels of deal breakers and things, people are working hard, especially talent managers, you know, recruiters are working really hard to get people in the door and to get the right candidate there. And so they're not always the time to really look at someone's resume and how what they have done before actually translates or those skills transfer into what the client or the company is looking for now. Sometimes they don't have the time and that's most of the time. Sometimes not only do they not have the time, they really don't have the skill to be able to do that, right? So you as the candidate, it's incumbent upon you to demonstrate how your skill translates or transfers into what they're looking for. Because when you see that job description on Indeed or wherever you're seeing it, that usually has been written to replace the person that was in the job for 20 years, right? Um, and to be compliant, but may have everything in the kitchen sink as the job requirements, uh, which is unusual and unreasonable. Well, it is usual actually and unreasonable. Um, we then get in our mindset that we've got to meet all 400 of those things that are on the job description. And that's just not true because guess what? Nobody's meeting all 400 of those. Nobody, nobody, no matter what they tell you, nobody's meeting all 400. That's just the desire of the manager who probably doesn't have a really great HR person saying this is ridiculous working with them. The other thing about the job description and especially candidates in particular, and especially women will have a tendency to say, oh, well, of these 10 things I've only done for... I haven't really done the other, so I shouldn't apply. Stop it. This is your permission today to apply. And here's why. And I don't mean apply to be a surgeon if you've never even gone to med school. That's not what I mean. What I mean is taking a real critical look at the experiences that you've had, the work that you've done, the skills that you've built, and how those translate into this thing that you're looking at. If you are an accountant, then your work translates because many industries, many companies need accountants. Now, yes, there's cost accounting and there is financial accounting and there's all different kinds of accounting, but it's accounting. So how does your accounting background translate into what they're looking for? Finance, engineering, all of these kind of things, there are skills that transfer into the next role, into the next promotion, into the next business that you want to start. A great example of this and why I had her on the show today was my dear friend, Laura Gentry. And so again, if you have not listened, the Rutledge Perspective radio show airs Tuesdays um, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time, um, live on Facebook and live on LinkedIn. And I had my friend Laura on because she is the poster child for understanding how you take that thing that you're really good at and that day job that you enjoy and you excel at and you deliver excellence. And you also have your thing that is your passion and your purpose and where you want to make an impact, as she says, the impact on your corner of the world and how you integrate those two. Because you know, you have a broad range of spectrum. You have those people who 
truly the job is just the investment for the stuff they really want to do. And they show up, right? But they're not invested at all. And then you have the people that, you know what? I hate it. I'm going to go do this other thing. I'm going to quit, right? And everything in between. And Laura has found a way to not just have the day job be just the investment. And as soon as I'm out, I'm out. But to truly be something that she enjoys, that she invests in, that she serves with excellence, that she makes an impact in that organization, and to have the energy and the engagement and the excitement and the passion for this project that she, and and this company that she's built on the side. So she's an accountant day and the rest of her time, she is a jazz promoter and producer. And she's been into jazz since she was, as she says, a toddler. Um, And what's incredible about these two things for her over this 22 years that she's been doing it is her skills in business in manufacturing, in project management, in process analysis, in accounting, have actually served as a perfect foundation as she began to build her business in music and jazz promotion and production. Why? Because when you're talking about music and musicians and artists, and we love them because we need art and we need artists and these people who have this amazing skill, I'm just baffled most of the time and completely amazed. And often they are such masters of their skill and such novices around any of the business aspects of that skill, how to build a brand, how to sell themselves, what kind of contracts to sign, how to read a contract, whether or not to sign the contract, who's going to take their money, how should they price, what do they do about pricing, who owns the masters, who owns their content, all of this stuff. They have no idea. And in some cases they've said, I've got somebody, I'll just let them take care of it. I think it was Oprah a long time ago that said, no matter how big you are, you should always sign your own checks. You should always be the one that signs the checks so you know where your money's going. You should read every word of a contract before you sign it because you are committing to everything that's in that contract. And so Laura, by her very existence in what she is doing as an accountant in a business, as a jazz promoter and black female business owner of a very successful business with an incredible reputation has melded those two things and understood not only how her skills have transferred for her business, but is now teaching people in master classes how to do that. Teaching young students how to think about it early, teaching experienced artists how to add that into their repertoire. She's taken that and taken her experience to say, you know, Not all money is good money. Not every artist that's a fantastic artist is someone that I want to work with because I'm also protecting my brand. I know how I want to show up. I know how I want to deliver. And I may love their music, but they may not have the aura or the attitude or the the experience working with others that is indicative of my value system and of my brand. And that's okay because there is plenty to go around, right? And you are responsible for protecting your brand. And one of the ways for you to be able to do that, whether or not it's your individual brand in your job, because we all have a brand, when you show up, you are showing up as your brand. Are you prepared? Are you engaging? Are you hard to work with? Are you not hard to work with? All of that is part of your brand. We have the ability through these experiences that we've had to understand the skills that we have developed and utilize those skills to move us in the direction we want to go. We are the owners of our brand. We are the owners of our career. No one owes us that next promotion. No one owes us that next job. 
No one owes us any of those things, which is a problem with entitlement. Because there are many people who feel like, just as a matter of who they are, that they are owed or entitled to something. And what companies owe employees is a day's pay for a day's work, right? That's the employment agreement. Now, if they wanna keep people and they wanna have their business be a going concern, they do more than that, benefits and bonuses and all that kind of stuff. But you as an individual own your brand. You as an individual are responsible for gaining skills, for understanding experiences and for translating that experience into the next thing. You know, my undergrad is in accounting. And while I understood it and it was great and I could do it, I didn't like it. I didn't like it and I was never gonna be a fantastic accountant, never. Why? Because I get bored. And doing those same journal entries every month was making me crazy. Now, I was also doing cost accounting, which I liked a lot better than financial accounting because it was tied to something tangible, right? And so that experience in financial accounting that moved me to cost accounting because financial accounting wasn't my thing. Cost accounting, that was a little closer, you know, looking at inventory, how things moved around the world, that was a little closer, but it was still that same thing every month. But connecting to that movement, connecting to manufacturing, connecting to tangible stuff, right? Because you get two pieces or you get 200 pieces. They're either good or they're bad. That's what I loved about manufacturing. It's real. You can touch it. You can feel it. Numbers, you can make numbers be what you want them to be. Now, you probably shouldn't, but you can if you choose to, right? But manufacturing, that's real. That's tangible. And then I went to graduate school because of this learning that I'd had, these skills that I developed and said, logistics and operations. And by the way, international. So, cause I knew that's where I wanted to work. I knew I wanted to really think about supply chain and how things moved around the world and, and be really invested in and be able to be functionally fluent in Spanish by the time I left. So that was the goal, right? Because I'd taken my experience and added it into grad school. And I chose a grad school that had an average of four years experience of every person that was in the class. Cause I wanted to be in class with people who had experienced different things. And I took those skills and built upon those. And then I did internal audit, right? Process thinking. Because internal audit gives you a chance to really look more beyond the financials and into the operations of a business. How do things work? What levers do you pull to get to those numbers or not, right? Really great internal audit organizations are an amazing place to start a career because you learn a lot about most of the pieces of the business very quickly because you're everywhere. You're in everything. You learn to listen. You learn to connect dots. You learn to understand how business connects with processes, right? And how those connect to people. You understand all of that in internal audit. And then I moved to consulting. So I learned even more about how to ask good questions, how to listen to the answers, how to provide solutions that directly met people where they were to help them move where they needed to be. And then ultimately I took all of that all of that risk management and consulting and auditing and accounting and translated that into human resources and was very successful at that. Why? Because I had a business background that led me to the perspective that I'm a business person first and an HR person second, not because I don't care about people, right? I can still be compassionate. I can still understand, but I can't do anything to help people if I don't understand enough about the business and I need to know more about the business than the business people do. Because by having that understanding and that knowledge, that gives me credibility to be able to have the hard conversations about the things that people don't wanna talk about. 
who we're hiring, why we're hiring, who we're moving, why we're promoting, who we're firing, all of those kind of things. You can have those deeper conversations. You can call people on the carpet about behavior when you have credibility and they see that they're not, oh, that's just HR. HR doesn't want us to do this. HR is going to force us to do this. No, I understand the business and this is how this action ties into the business. Transferable skills. And because I had audit, because I had accounting, because I had consulting, all of this translated into an ability to have a perspective and to, con to have conversations with people at all levels, from the plant floor to the boardroom. Because at the end of the day, for me, it was about clarity. It was about curiosity and clarity for me so that I could be clear for everyone else and connect dots that they weren't connecting for whatever reason. And you can do the same thing. But you have to spend the time and give yourself the gift of understanding what skills you have through the experiences that you've had. Even if the experience sucked, you learned something, you gained a skill, you got a battle scar that's going to tell you next time, Ooh, we're not going to do that because see, here's what happens when you do that. And sometimes knowing what not to do is just as important as knowing what to do. There's value in your experiences. There's value in having been exposed to difficult situations and difficult conversations and failures. There's value in that failure. And how do you take those skills and translate them or transfer them to the next thing you want to do? If you're an artist, how do you take your understanding of how music works, right? There's a cadence to music. There is a method to sound and to writing music and to arranging music and to who you put in your ensemble. There's a science and an art to that. That same science and art translates into how you design your support team. Who do you have on your team that's looking out for you? Who do you have that's doing your finances? Who do you have that's managing your contracts? How do you make sure you understand at least enough to keep yourself out of trouble or at least enough to go ask an expert so that you're not just relying on what they tell you. You have enough of your own information to be able to ask critical questions with the most important question being why, 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 right? Little kids know that, right? Parents get so irritated because kids always ask why until the point where they're saying, because I said so, right? That is the most important question you can ever ask. Why? Why is this in the contract? Why are you charging me that much money? Why should I do this project? Why are we doing this process this way? Why? And then listening actively to the answer to what people say and what they don't say and connecting that to outcomes. It's not unkind to be clear. So you need to be clear with yourself about what skills you developed and how they translate into the other stuff you want to do. Don't let that job description with 400 things tell you you're not capable or you're not a viable candidate. What are they really looking for? And how has your experience given you the skills that they need? Because that's what they're really looking for is skill. If they're astute, they're looking for skill. Habit has them looking for a person with a certain degree from a certain skill with a certain certification. And, and unless you're a doctor and, and you know, you need to have probably gone to medical school to be a surgeon. Right. So we need to be reasonable about these things. But if you're an accountant, there are multiple industries in which you can be an accountant. There are multiple industries in which you can be a marketing person, in which you can be an engineer, in which you can be an, a learning and development person. Name the thing. Right. There are many, many places where you can exercise your skill. And even if you are a medical doctor, you can be in a clinic, you can be in a hospital, you can have a private practice. 
or a partnership, right? There's many, many ways you can utilize your skill to serve people. So how do you want to impact? Where do you want to impact? What are the skills that you have that translate into the outcome that you want? And how do you tell that story for the people who don't have the time or the skill or the desire to understand it? You are in control of your career. You are in control of that next step you want to take. You have the power to make choices and make decisions. You are not free from the consequences of those decisions, but you are free to make decisions based on what you know and the experience that you have and the desire to serve. What passion you want to follow, what purpose you want to follow, what impact you want to make. So this week, put on your to-do list. I'm going to go back. I'm going to look at all the experiences that I've had. I'm going to look at the skills that I have gained, not just the jobs I've had, the skills I have gained. And if I'm looking to do something different or I'm looking for a promotion or I'm looking to start my own business, how does all that stuff I know give me at least the foundation, the cornerstone to move into this next thing? If you give yourself that opportunity, I bet you'll be surprised at just how much you know. Send me a note and let me know. Put it in the comments. Send me a quick text, right, on the the Laurel Rutledge page. Let me know what you find out. And if you have figured this out and you think you can help someone else, pass this along. You never know when that one story you have about how you transferred your skills to something else, how you built a business alongside of your day job will be the one spark that someone needs to do the same. Thank you for listening to The Rutledge Perspective. As always, I truly appreciate that you made the choice to do that. And I hope that this was something that fired you up and gave you permission to find those things that you're really good at and to tell the story about how your skills transfer because they do. They absolutely do. Share it, send it along to someone else so they can be a spark for them. Have a fantastic week and we will catch you next time. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please leave us a review, send us your comments, give us a five-star rating. We take that information seriously and it helps us to decide what our next episodes will be. Now you can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com. And you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. And if there's someone that you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutler's Perspective podcast, please pass it along.